This is Clearly Christian with Dr. Cy Smith, bringing light and giving voice to our country's single greatest hope while moving the culture to God's design. Our mission, to increase the census of those who live and influence society from a biblical worldview. The time for Clearly Christian is now. Here is your host, Dr. Cy Smith. I'm Dr. Cy Smith, and this is Clearly Christian, a podcast about what it means to see the world from God's perspective and then the impact that this has on training the next generation to live a life consistent with a biblical worldview. So thank you for joining me today. I'm joined today by our guest is Dr. Larry Taylor. He's the president of ACSI, which stands for the Association of Christian Schools International. It's the largest Christian school organization in the world. And over time, uh, Dr. Taylor has emerged as a good friend and a trusted leader. So I know you're going to be encouraged by, why, by what he has to say today about Christian schools and Christian school education worldwide. But first, let's go to school. Today, I need you to know more about Christian education as a movement of God's people, not just a school, both in the United States and around the world. You know, education is so entrenched in American culture, it's easy for families to connect everything they know about education to their local school. And American families are very loyal or incredibly loyal to their local schools, especially here in the Midwest and rural communities where their schooling options have traditionally been very limited or somewhat limited. You know, it's time that Christian parents step back and see the big picture. Regardless of their mission, whether they're evangelistic or discipleship in nature, Christian schools are designed to lead the culture to Christ. Christian schools aren't built simply to graduate children to become more functioning or better functioning adults in society, but rather they're built to carry the faith and lead others to pursue what Christ has in store for our society. You know, since our nation was founded, Christian education was the chief means by which we transferred our Christian values and our Christian heritage from one generation to the next. In fact, it's this worldview that's held our Western civilization together. It's what that has sustained us, in fact. I don't think I need to tell you, but we're at risk of losing this Western Christian heritage in our culture in the United States because less and less people live and operate and value our biblical worldview. For almost 100 years now, since the 1920s, education has been intentionally and systematically transformed in America to remove Christianity. Uh, for decades now, 90% of our general population has not received any instruction in the connection between faith and academics, or the mind and the heart, as we say in Christian education. Many well-intentioned Christian parents send their ill-equipped children off to school to be missionaries when, in fact, they're really becoming targets. And the current dropout rate at our local churches is evidence of this reality. As Alan Pugh has said, it's time to admit how hard it is even for adults to make an impact on America's school system or anywhere else in the marketplace for that matter, much less our children. So Christian education is so much more than just a school. We've got to start to step back and see the big picture and realize just what's at stake here, individually, collectively, and globally. Individually, certainly, it's the spiritual vitality of your child. Collectively, it's the health of our communities, and globally, it's the future of our faith. 
So there's three points I want to make, chalkboard points today, as I close the open. Number one, Christian schools are biblical worldview training centers in the big picture. Kids not only learn to see the world from God's perspective and understand what he wants them to know, but they say, see faith embodied in the daily lives of the men and women who have been called to serve there. Number two, it's going to take the Christian home, church, and school working together to effectively transmit our Christian heritage from one generation to the next. You know, the 21st century is simply too complex, and the knowledge is too broad for any one group to succeed doing this on their own. Each group's got to realize a healthy partnership for the sake of our children. And number three, we are still a nation at risk. There is a war raging for the hearts and minds of our children, and we're at risk of losing. As our guest today has said, and I've heard him say on several occasions, this is the greatest opportunity that we've ever had to impact our culture. So we have to act with conviction. Well, now you know more. And as I say, when you know more, you can do more. You can not only think differently, but you can act differently. And you can make a change and you can say no more if you must. So on that note, let's go ahead and welcome our guest, Dr. Larry Taylor, again, president of ACSI, the Association of Christian Schools International, the largest organization of Christian schools around the world. In fact, they have 25,000 schools in 108 countries around the world, helping more than 5.5 million students worldwide receive a Christian education. We are super grateful for, for what he does and his leadership. What a monumental chore this is. Prior to accepting this role at ACSI, he was the head of school at Prestonwood Christian Academy in Plano, Texas. Uh, you'll probably pick that up as we talk here, the Plano draw. Uh, it's just uh, exciting to uh, to know him as a, as a good friend. But they had a school of over 2,000 students. It's one of the bigger Christian schools in our country. And so he was well-versed in leading such a, a large organization. He's co-launched a, a leadership institute, becoming a kingdom school institute, it was called. And then for students, the student leadership uh, SLI program. So he's also been involved in a number of those things. He's also written a book, Running with the Horses. I could go on and on and on. But of course, uh, I know he's super proud of that last note that he's got four sons and five grandsons, all, all boys. And right. so he's a wonderful father and a wonderful grandparent. So Dr. Taylor, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. We're happy you're in the States and we're happy you're here with us on Clearly Christian. Well, it's an honor. And I, I tell you, you're opening us. I, uh, I, I don't think you need anything from me. I mean, you hit everything that I would say. Outstanding opening. It is an honor to be with you uh, and to be with really, I think, one of the, and I'm, I really mean this, uh, one of the great practitioners uh, in the Christian school uh, ministry, uh, you. So oh, I'm, the one that, I'm the one that's blessed today. Oh, thank you very much. I sure appreciate that. Well, it's going to be a great time. It's always great to talk to you. And it's great to talk to you on this kind of platform in front of uh, others. And so we really hope that others are seeing this and want to pursue a little bit more about Christian education, especially in the big picture. As I said, we were fortunate enough to be together just a couple of weeks ago in Washington, D.C. for the HCSI Legal Policy Summit Roundtable. It was just a great experience. We heard several congressmen speak there. But uh, Dr. Taylor had a number of mic drop comments that I thought we would open with because they were just really good comments that are straight from his heart that I know he would be excited to share. And that first one was, I love wearing the ACSI jersey. I mean, that was the first time I had heard that. I know you probably said it before, but first time I said it. So 
speak to us a little bit why you love it right now, what's going on. And then that also I thought was a good way of saying, hey, you know, you haven't done this for very long. Why make that transition from a successful school? Boy, I mean, you really were leading one of the premier Christian schools there in Texas. You had a lot of human capital, as we say, you know, had the trust built up and people revered you and, and really were, were, you didn't have to do this, which might have been perceived as more risky. So why make that change? And what are you excited about right now? Well, you know, you've got that jersey on under your blazer. <laughs> Thank you. You know, let me start with the second question. It, it was, uh, I love uh, being the head of school at Prestonwood Christian Academy. Uh, all of my boys uh, grew up there, graduated there. And uh, my wife, Delinda, we, we could not have been more blessed over those 20 years. Mm. And I really battled when, uh, when God was uh, prompting uh, and stirring my heart about ACSI. I really battled it. Uh, I really did. And, uh, you know, it's a long story, but like all the stories, when God's involved, uh, he calls. And, and my responsibility, our responsibility is to obey. And so... It was a it was a clear call, and uh, you know I'm I'm excited to wear the jersey for several reasons. One, uh, I think it's an exciting time for Christian schools, and I would say this for every Christian school association. Um, there are several Christian school associations in the United States. Uh, there's several around the world that I'm now encountering uh, because of our ACSI. Uh, global uh, network of schools. And it's just, I, I think it's an exciting time. I mean, I know it's not, uh, the culture is not necessarily viewed as exciting um, as it gets more secular. But I think as the culture gets more secular, it actually um, exposes the, the importance mm. of discipleship and the importance of uh, preparing our kids, uh, running with the horses. You know, my book is based on Jeremiah twelve five, and it is so. It's it's exciting to, uh, as Jeremiah twelve five says, to prepare our children to not walk uh, in the foot race because the foot race in Jeremiah twelve five is based mainly on. Uh, you know, I would say metaphorically the the safe spots for Christians, you know, church and Christian circles. But we're not preparing, as Psalm 127 says, we're not, we're preparing to shoot arrows out into the culture. And so the culture is running. And I think parents are given a resounding yes to Christ-centered schools. We're seeing it all over the world. And that's why I think wearing the jersey, um, I mean, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of ACSI. Uh, hopefully not the bad type of pride. <laughs> right, right. I'm just proud. Um, I just got back recently from our Africa roundtable. You know, we just saw each other at a big event in Washington, D.C. And I'm just proud to be a part of a network uh, where I can hang around leaders like you uh, that I know go back after they do their podcast, they go back and they, they focus on, uh, children. And so I, I'm just really fired up right now. I think it's one of the, one of the great seasons of, of Christian education. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And all organizations need their leader to be fired up, right? I mean, <laughs> even an organization like yours that, you know, is 
operating remotely, of course, and you have all these tentacles all over the all over the world. But that in itself is a great uh, is a great lesson that you have the people obviously there in your office and the people in the state, but then the people around the world, they sense a leader who's excited and has a passion for it. And it doesn't matter if you're doing a podcast or you're just writing a blog or whatever it is, they sense that passion. And so that's a great phrase uh, that you said. And obviously I wrote it down. It stuck with me and I've been doing this for 32 years with the fact that the president says I'm excited to wear the Jersey. I'm writing that down. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I didn't consider it a mic drop, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> That's a great thing. I like what you said, too. You said a number of things there about, you know, exposing the cultures, exposed certainly the need now here, too. And I, I liked also what you said, and I've never heard it said this way before, that we've done a good job traditionally of preparing kids for the safe spots. Yeah. That's a great that that is also something else that I think will would really resonate with Christian leaders and even Christian Christian educators that, hey, we're pivoting here. Times have changed. Um, you know, if if you're spending an excessive amount of time preparing kids for the safe spots, boy, you're probably missing what God's called you to right now. And there's, you know, there's a place for that, especially when they're young. But immediately, you know, especially in those after they've become a Christian and they've gotten to know the Lord, boy, let's get that discipleship training up. Let's take it up another notch because there's right. not too many safe spots out there anymore, even no, in elementary right. and junior high. Uh, yeah, and, and, sure. even in, and even in uh, Christian schools and Christian circles, I mean, we're a safe spot, uh, absolutely considered to, uh, you know, a secular uh, circle. But, um, you know, Christian schools cannot remove sin. You know, we don't have any magical machines that remove sin. My yeah. My boys... Uh, when they were born, they, they were born and I mean, they were sinners. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, but, but the, a, a Christian school that is focused and dynamically committed to developing a, uh, a, a, a faculty that's focused on biblically, I love how you said it, um, Cy, you beginning, Biblically-based worldview training centers where the kids, regardless of who they run into during the day, yeah. they're, they're, they're getting pointed to Jesus Christ. They're getting pointed through the lens, uh, whatever subject they're studying. Uh, they're getting pointed through uh, learning that biblical worldview. And, and so that's the difference. So it's not safe 100% because yeah. the teachers and the head of heads of school there and everyone there, I mean, we're all growing up in Christ still, but absolutely, definitely different um, in a good way than than most of our secular options. Yeah. Well, and you, I was going to ask too about the what you're seeing in the culture. And I think maybe this runs together with this next uh, comment and question, because the other thing I wrote down is we are running towards the fire. And you said that a number of times. And so to make a statement like that, you must see what's going on in the culture. And you say, okay, listen, we've got to engage. Uh, there's a fire out there. So what are the issues that you're seeing that's going on? And then what do you mean by ACSI is running, running to the fire? And I, and I know you could go a, a number of different directions there, but in general. Well, I mean, good questions. And, and the first thing I want to say is and I know, I know you agree, and I, probably all of the people listening to this agree. Uh, we have some great 
godly uh, people serving in uh, a secular education, whether it's public school or secular private school. And God has called them to that. And I applaud them and pray for them. In fact, ACSI is preparing training for uh, teachers that serve in the public school. I mean, we are broadening because we want to support those uh, Christian educators. Uh, I would say in the culture, the the, the greatest over the last, uh, definitely over the last five years, uh, but really over the last 10, 15, 20 years, we have seen uh, an accelerated uh, attack on what we call the identity, uh, a, a, a person's identity. Now, it, 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 the, the most common or the most prominent in culture today uh, deals with the sexual orientation, uh, gender identities. Uh, we just finished a podcast, I mean, a webinar today, a three-part webinar at ACSI, where John Stone Street uh, walked us through, you know, mm. what he sees as uh, one of the greatest challenges of our day, which is a person's identity. And so we, what we're seeing in the culture today is, uh, and, and, the, and the importance of running to the fire is if, if our children do not have their identity in Jesus Christ, then when they go out into the fire, and uh, and they certainly will hit fire. Mm-hmm. Then they, then they can fall prey to what the apostle Paul said in Colossians two uh, six uh, chapter two verses six through eight, which is you know don't fall prey to empty philosophy, mm-hmm. and um, uh, but, but but be firmly rooted in the elementary principles of God's word. So I would say I think it's I don't want to oversimplify it, but I think the formula. And I don't think there is a, a set formula, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the formula, if I could put it that way, is that what we have as an opportunity is to, what we do before they go to the fire or run to the fire. Uh, and that is to focus on their identity being in Jesus Christ. And the only way that can happen is to uh, focus on their heart. Um, I do think, Cy, and this probably would be somewhat controversial, I hope not, I do think that the enemy uh, has done a great job of distracting churches and Christian schools and parachurch ministries to, to focus so much on the fire that they don't spend enough time on things like God's work. Mm-hmm. And so um, the the formula is ground children, have a rigorous, robust K through 12, uh, biblically based worldview curriculum and and create, uh, simulate the fires, Uh, begin training. I mean, who has children eight to 12 hours a day? We do. and, it, and what I mean by 12 hours is if they play football or they're in right. band or something like that. Yes. Nobody has children for that long. I mean, pastors don't. And, and honestly, sometimes parents don't. We have an opportunity. If we can't, if we can't develop the space within, and what I mean by space is what um, Dave Kenneman from Barna describes is is like a schedule, a school schedule. If we can't develop space in our training that's different 
that's that's unique uh, then to uh, to prepare our children for the fire then you know we're really we're really not maximizing our space so i get fired up because when i was a head of school practitioner um I I got hit from all sides. We all do, right? Because we all right. want our we want an incredible academic program. Yeah, uh, uh, that scholastic discipleship uh, based program, uh, with God's word being a central lens, biblical worldview. So there's not two things; it's one. It, it's it's a it's a uh, a, a biblically a biblically based worldview training center of excellence. But at the same time, if we really want them to have a biblical worldview, we got to test them. Uh, we got to simulate some wrestling. I call it wrestling practices, wrestling with ideas. Uh, last thing I'll say, because I'm getting, I know I'm getting fired up. No, here. that's good. Last thing I'll say is I, I would challenge all of our parents and, and all of our school leaders to look at Acts chapter 19. Mm. I I think our Christian schools should be um, Acts chapter nineteen. Uh, I think it's the first eight or nine verses uh, where it talks about the Apostle Paul taking twelve disciples uh, to the school of Tyrannus for two years. Every day, Paul wrestled with these disciples, not physically, but knowing Paul, he probably did a little bit of physical too. But but they wrestled with these ideas. He was training them, and those were the 12 men that took the gospel to all of Asia. Mm. So we need to be schools of Tyrannus, where we're wrestling with these ideas. and, And so when our kids go out to the fire, you know, they look back at their coaches, that their parents and their pastors and their Christian school leaders, and they say, "Wow, this is not foreign to me. I, I have I have been in this fire before." And thank you, um, Christian school leaders, for right. uh, preparing me. <laughs> yeah, Amen. Right, I've been trained. Right, I mean, and, yeah. and you yeah. and I both know we've heard that analogy. Right, we don't send these kids off to battle without any training. Exactly. And so it's kind of like I was saying in the opening, uh, you know, would you send a missionary overseas without any training in that particular culture? No, uh, no. not by any stretch. And yet you expect your 12 year old uh, to do that on the playground at your local school where God's not welcome. I'm not sure that's going to that's going to happen. And in this culture, because uh, so much of that uh, that government education is controlled by an agenda that is just not aligned with Christianity, like I said, they become targets instead of missionaries. I know we've had a couple of kids leave us in elementary and then come back in high school because the, you know, their, their ideas, you know, the bubble kind of burst on them a little bit and they said, well, that didn't turn out like I thought it was going to. Yeah. And fortunately enough, mom and dad were, you know, were with it enough to say, okay, yeah, we need to, yeah. we need to get back in and do some training. And that's ex- exactly good. right. I think uh, that reminds me too of uh, something else you had said, but this idea of, uh, of stepping back and seeing the big picture. I would love for parents uh, to do that and realize that, you know, your family might be a small picture to you, um, mm-hmm. but your child is certainly supremely important. But if you have a little small picture and you go a certain direction and your neighbor does the same thing and your neighbor does the same thing, well, eventually you end up with a population that is not well-trained. And that's really right. what's happened with us. You can't have 90% of the population receiving no training whatsoever and then say, okay, go make an impact for American society and turn this thing around. Yeah. 
With what kind of training? That's exactly what you're what you're saying. They haven't been they've never engaged in the fire at all. And so hopefully we can give that intense training at Christian schools exactly what you're saying. So it's it's coming. It's probably coming for them in junior high and high school. Uh, but certainly if they if and when they go off to college and, and certainly into the workforce, exactly as you're saying. And then this idea, certainly uh, that you mentioned about identity. Boy, do we see that uh, and that boy, we could do podcast after podcast after podcast on that. And we need to, uh, however, and we need to keep that discussion in front of us because I'm not sure most because it's so um, it's so big and it's so um, meaningful and and it has such significance and there's such depth to it. It's happened so quick as well. Just in the last five, six years, most parents, even the millennial parents of Gen Z children have no context for what does it mean to have your child's identity attacked at school? And this, even the millennials can't relate to it uh, because they didn't grow up with this even, you know, 10 years ago. So I tell people all the time, listen, it's not schooling. It does not look like what it used to when you were there. And the, the very thought of somebody saying to you, well, you know, I'm not sure that your gender is set. And, um, you know, you may want to rethink that because authentically, you may not be biologically what you are. And boy, that's a statement made to a seven-year-old who scratches his head and goes, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, uh, yeah. And again, I know there, we both know uh, some godly, godly uh, public school uh, leaders and, and, and maybe regions of the country that are still allowed to, uh, to at least have a, a Judeo-Christian culture. But even with that, Cy, uh, when I talk to my family and friends, um, and, and I, and I want to mention, and I'll talk about this later, hopefully, uh, the responsibility that we have as leaders to help, uh, in a practical way, help uh, increase access to Christian schools. But when I talk to them, um, it, you know, I think, and especially, and you hit it right on the head, the last five to six years, none of us, all of us saw this this wave, but none of us thought it would happen this fast in the last five to six years. But when I tell my friends and family and anybody that I'm talking to, when, when they want to even, I mean, kind of debate the, pub, the, the secular versus the Christian school, I, I even add this, that it's not so much what they get in the secular school, which you've identified clearly what they get. It's what they don't get in the a secular school, which, you, which was really what you have said. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they're going to get this, this, and this, which is not good. But what they're not going to get is that, and I'll just focus on, on the biblical, uh, the apologetics, um, the uh, truly being biblically literate. So I, you, you have seen the same statistics that I've seen. When I was sitting with my pastor a couple years ago and we were chatting about this one-on-one, he asked me, "What you know, Larry, what causes you to lose sleep at night? Mm. And I told him, well, pastor, the carpool lines. No, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> But if you're a head of school or a principal, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, I, I showed him some statistics, and it floored him. 
It was uh, there was a, um, a a research project by Probe Ministries, and um, highly recommend Probe. Uh, excellent, excellent ministry. Anything you can think of in the world uh, that's secular, they have studied it and written a paper on it. Um, I used it to train our faculty and staff and parents. But I showed Pastor Graham this research project, and they had researched um, uh, born again Christians. That was their that was their data set, and the 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 bottom line. I don't have time to go into all the data, but the bottom line was clearly by this research, it really exposed that yes, they were Christian, yes, they had accepted Christ as their Savior and Lord, but on ninety nine percent of the line items that would be kind of the what we would think is a biblical worldview, they acted and and uh, thought. Uh, their thinking was secular. Mm. They, you know, so they were Christians, but they lived a secular life because that's who trained them. Um, and so, uh, it, you know, it is an exciting time. We, we do need to train. Um, I, I don't see anywhere in God's word, anywhere, uh, uh, where, it, where biblically, um, God says, okay, Go out there unprepared. Um, yeah. No, he has sent people out that have you know been uh, you know accepted Christ, and he's given them some assignments. Uh, but but a true disciple, the Great Commission, yeah, is about discipleship. Uh, yeah. It's not. I mean, Francis Schaeffer in you know in, in the twenty first century, twenty century. Uh, I'm so glad that he finally got turned around and, and started really getting back. He he hit it on the head. I think he impacted uh, Chuck Colson and so many of our biblical worldview leaders along the way. When Francis Schaeffer said, uh, and I'll butcher this quote, but he basically <laughs> said, hey, guys, hey, everybody, it's not about just accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's just the beginning. Now let's train and let's let's disciple. Let's have those wrestling matches. And I think I think what Francis Schaefer was challenging us is to is to really um, be an intentional. And I think we're seeing parents. I mean, there is a wave happening right now in the United States. Parents are leading the way. And mm-hmm. Cy, I'm going to make a prediction. All right. Okay. You heard I, it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I've said it. Okay. I am sensing, and and I have some reasons to sense this, but but also just in my heart, parents are leading the way. However, I am sensing a great move that's starting to happen with our pastors. Mm. And and you and I both know that pastors, at the end of the day, pastors have more influence in their pulpit than school leaders do in their pulpit. And I, I'm just so encouraged. I'm going to some meetings. Um, uh, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes, and I'm seeing this this swell of pastors. Once that happens, I think it's going to be a game changer for this wave of Christian schools. I really, really think um, when our when our pastors embrace mm-hmm. this, like mm-hmm. our parents have, um, man, can you can you imagine? Uh, the impact. A lot yeah. of our pastors have, but I'm talking about the majority of them have not. Well, I would certainly vouch for that and say that's been true locally, uh, because for 
decades, we got very little um, uh, local support in terms of pastors, you know, with their children. And it was like that for years and years and years, but not so the last five to 10 years, exactly what you're saying. A number of the, the churches, especially the larger churches, more influence pastors moving to town and saying, well, of course, I'm going to send my child to a Christian school, you know, and, and, and in many cases, you know, just automatic. And uh, boy, that's a breath of fresh air for those of us leading Christian schools, and they've already given thought to it. And so, yeah, we're, we're welcoming that and, and couldn't agree more. So I uh, totally agree with you. And I hope that that prediction comes 110% true, to say the least. Well, speaking of the United States and around the world, you know, what a different part of your job, obviously, the Plano, Texas operation to, okay, now I've got to look after Christian schools around the world. I know you just got back from a, an exciting trip to Africa. What are you seeing globally that excites you about Christian education? Because I'm sure most of our most of our audience may not know much about that, but maybe in a nutshell, I know, like I said, that could be another podcast as well, but what are you seeing yeah. globally, maybe compared to the United States, but maybe not, maybe just some things globally that you say, wow, as a guy from Guy from Texas, here's what I see that lights me up. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, from the great country of Texas, not the great state of Texas. <laughs> That's right. I'm just joking. So I, I, um, I am so excited, and I, I got so invigorated when I went to Africa. Uh, ACSI has seven global divisions, like Europe and Africa and South Asia and you right. know, Central America. And I've now completed my visits to each of these um, global divisions. And 100% it's is the same thing. I mean, it, they're not all the same, uh, especially when I was in India. Wow, what a challenge. But, but what I'm seeing is similar to what's happening in the United States. Everybody wants their baby. I mean, everybody wants the best for their baby. Mm. And... I mean, I think in the United States, sometimes we take that for granted because everything like education in a lot of our countries and a lot of our global divisions, it's very difficult to even find any education. But that doesn't cha that doesn't change what I've observed. Parents want their babies to be educated. When I was in Uganda, Africa, I went to uh, one of the large schools, one of the largest Christian schools uh, in definitely in Uganda, 99% Muslim, 99% Muslim, because even those Muslim uh, leader parents, they knew that their kids would receive a quality education. And of course, they didn't believe the same thing. But what an opportunity for Christian schools to be a plant, uh, a magnet, uh, because parents want their babies to have the best thing for them. And so Christian schools are actually helping churches start churches because 99% of the Muslims will not go to a local church, mm. Christian church, but they will a Christian school. Wow. So we're seeing that. It's, it's an evangelical opportunity. Uh, as well as around the world, in the United States, uh, there are many Christian parents that want to go to a covenant-based uh, Christian school. So there's a variety but the second thing I'm really seeing is I saw this big time in Africa. Uh, the theme in the, the Africa roundtable, and I'm seeing this in all of our divisions, most of our divisions, uh, was focused on the church. And I think that's why I'm, I got so excited because I'm seeing the same thing in the United States right now. The I saw bishops 
uh, and when I say bishops, people think of, you know, Anglican or whatever. Man, it's all the above in Africa right now. All the above. And I hope it ends up being all the above uh, everywhere. Anybody who is focused on Jesus Christ and God's word. Mm. Um, and that, that has to be clear in our Christian schools, regardless of where they are, uh, whether they're in uh, Texas or Uganda, right? But, but these leaders are saying, okay, we got to step up. We got to step up because we're seeing so many of our children that are walking away from the church and walking away from basic uh, biblical guardrails, such as family, right? That's not even basic. Uh, and so I think, I think everyone is starting to see that this is not just dealing with a secular culture, that we are in an, a true battle. And I don't want to sound sensational. I'm not a sensationalist. Um, but there is a battle. Uh, God's Word talks about it, especially Paul in his letter to the Ephesians, that there is spiritual warfare that's taking place. There's a battle for the minds and hearts for every human being, but especially for our children. If, if, if Satan, if the enemy can get a hold of the mind of a child, yeah. then Satan has disrupted Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is, is that incredible passage, the first nine verses, incredible passage that says it, it's God's baton handoff. It's his formula for parents who obviously have accepted Christ. Uh, to do this, to lead their, their, to tell the great stories of God to their children. If Satan can get a hold of that child's mind, then they've, Satan has disrupted future generations. Who knows? Multiple generations. So, you know, what I'm, what I'm saying is parents are, parents and pastors are really starting. And I think they always have had an eye on this. But certainly in the last five to six to seven years, uh, we're yeah. just seeing such a multitude waking up. And uh, I hate to, I don't want to sound condescending, but I really have seen this multiply uh, in some leadership areas. And I think we're going to see some significant change uh, over the next five to seven years from some of our Christian leaders. Yeah, uh, it's outstanding. So globally, as all mirrors what we are seeing in the United States, probably on just on a grander scale because of the population dynamics and, like you said, the options and things like that. So it's exciting that ACSI is being used to, you know, provide the truth, provide the answers because they're yeah. not going to get it, you know, they're not going to get it in those other places. So to to have an educational organization that comes alongside those countries. You know, they're not doing it like you said. They're not doing it maybe in uh, Muslim schools or other schools or things like that. And and, and, and here ACSI comes. So it's an exciting you know, time. You know, sorry, real quick, I'll tell you this. Um, there are about uh, 250 million students from age 6 to 18 around the world. There's about 250 million who aren't even in school. Oh, wow. 48 million of that 250 are in the sub-Saharan uh, Africa region, which is mm. every country below the Saharan desert. 48 men, think about that. 48 million six to 18 year olds who are not in education. And then you don't, and then you don't even add in the school, the, the students who are in schools who aren't receiving quality education. Mm. 
just as a citizen of the United States and a, a citizen that wants our world and the common good, just that basic uh, desire, uh, we want everyone to be educated. Now, yeah. I think Christian education, biblically-based education, obviously is the best. That's what we're promoting, ACSI's promoting. Right, right. Besides, what an opportunity for you and me to identify, let's let's first look at our, our neighborhood, yeah. let's look at our, our state, let's look at our country, and then let's look at the world and identify what uh, I told our board recently, ACSI board, Kingdom Education Deserts. Mm. Where, where in our neighborhood or state, where are there kingdom education deserts mm. where, where we can bring, however it's done through traditional schools, micro schools, online, we can provide access in those deserts to kingdom education. Um, I think that's, I think that's going to be ACSI, one of ACSI's uh, prominent primary focus over the next oh, that's, uh, that's five great. or ten years. Yeah, see, you're better at these mic drop comments than you think, you know, coming up with things <laughs> like uh, Kingdom Education Deserts and, yep, safe yep. spots. And, uh, it's good. Appreciate that. Well, it's a good segue, too. Uh, advice you would have for parents and grandparents and others, even church people who say, you know what, I'm sensing exactly what you're saying, Dr. Taylor. I'd like to get involved in the Christian school movement. I just don't know where to start, or I don't know what to do, or, you know, do I just find my local Christian school? You know, where? what would you encourage these people to do if they really want to become part of the movement and they really want to learn more about it and and, and really grow with us? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I And, and you and I both have, um, have been asked that question over the years many times, uh, whether it's a, a person at church or someone in, in, in the community. I always tell parents this, uh, if they sense, a, even if it's a tiny prompt, a tiny interest of int in, in having their kids placed in a Christian school, to, to, to begin walking towards, and I'll explain uh, that, this in a second, but to begin walking towards that, uh, the array of options. The reason I say begin walking towards is because I I meet so many uh, parents who don't even begin to walk towards it because they think they say I'm not going to be able to afford it. So why should I put one child in if I can afford one child, but I can't afford it for my second or third child? That's what I was saying earlier that we as leaders uh, have to, and 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 I think most of our Christian schools are doing this already. Have to. Um, be sensitive to the families, the parents who can't afford it as we promote our Christian schools. And so I would, I would tell a parent, uh, I'd tell a parent to, if you have that prompt, don't worry yet about the tuition payment. Yeah. We've both seen God move from that little prompt that somehow the finances work out. Second thing I tell them is, not every Christian school is the same. Mm. I, I would I would tell them when they when they start looking for Christian schools in their area, especially a traditional school, a Christian school, that they should ask the admissions office many questions, but especially two questions. The first one is, what is your portrait of a graduate? Mm. What what are you training your faculty and staff? Uh, what are they aspiring to produce? I think I think it starts with the end goal. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, I would ask the admission officer. I think that's a separator with Christian schools. The second thing I would ask is, do you have an intentional training plan for your faculty to integrate God's word in everything they do, curricular and co-curricular? Mm. Those two questions, and I know there's many other questions that parents want to ask that are important, but those two are the ones that separate um, what I would consider, what we would consider an authentic Christian school. What we're trying to do right now at ACSI mm-hmm. is, and you know this, is is to provide training for everybody um, for two main groups. One, the Christian, the existing Christian schools that maybe have drifted and they're not focused on that end goal or, or that biblical worldview integration. Uh, the second group are the, the, the Christian schools that are, that are, that are setting it on fire that are doing that. And we're encouraging our more mature Christian schools to look beyond their walls and to do, so I, I witnessed you doing this. And when I visited the, uh, the network of association mm-hmm. of schools, you have, was it a Cleveland, right? Right, uh, right. Yep. Yeah. I, I witnessed you, you guys in action. I mean, I sat back there and watched, you know, you at, uh, lead 50, 60, maybe even more, uh, Christian school leaders in that area. So I, we need more people like you that will do it at their school and then take it beyond their walls and develop these dense networks all around the country, all around the world. Cause, um, not every Christian school leader uh, ha- is, has the same passion, and they need to be around people like you. I'm not just trying to put you on a pedestal. I just, no, I just that, really believe that it's beyond ACSI. Yeah, I mean, they would rather listen to a practitioner than to me. And so, <laughs> thank you for what you're doing, and we need more leaders that 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 have that margin to do the same thing you're doing, and to encourage and equip. I think you've been doing it for over 30 years, right? Right, I have. Yep. Can't believe it. 32 <laughs> years. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. It's incredible. Thank you very much. Your okay. kind words. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, yeah, couldn't agree more. And uh, boy, you hit it right on the head. Yep. What's the uh, expected student outcomes, as we like to call it, and education ease, right? What's the end goal? Yeah. Beginning with the end in mind. Yep. Perfect. And then, yeah, how are you intentionally training those teachers? And boy, if parents can focus on those things then they might start to see exactly what you're saying. What is the separator between the school down the street and then maybe that Christian school option? Well, fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. Well, if they want to know more about ACSI or if they want to know more about Dr. Larry Taylor and his ministry, what should they do if they're out there listening today? Uh, well, that's uh, that would be an honor to... Um uh, to entertain any inquiry, and really all they need to go uh, do is go to, to our website, acsi.org, acsi.org, and it has uh, just a plethora uh, of uh, information, and you can even do a search. You, know, uh, you can identify what are, what are some Christian schools in, in my area that are part of ACSI, the network. So there's a uh, you know what is Christian education? I mean, they can they can find that on the website, and certainly uh, my email is uh, Larry sla- uh, underscore Taylor at acsi dot org, and uh, they can email me direct, and uh, I would be glad to help them with anything or point them to somebody who can help them. 
Well, thank you again for uh, joining me today. It's been a great conversation. Like I said, I feel like we just really scratched the surface of all that you do and all that ACSI does. And we dabbled in the culture a little bit, but hopefully we whet their appetites and they visit the website Mm -hmm. and explore Christian education a little bit more. And maybe there's somebody in a desert area that is Mm -hmm. listening and uh, really says, boy, uh, if somebody has a burden to reach me in a desert area, I want to get involved. And there might be a leader out there that's listening. And boy, if nothing else, if we've targeted that, that leader compounds themselves, as you said, and then maybe there's hundreds and maybe thousands of lives changed because somebody decided to go after a desert area. So, Amen. we really appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much for this good conversation. And thank you for joining me today on the Clearly Christian podcast. I trust that now you know more, especially today, about Christian education as a movement of God's people and why it's so important for the future of our Christian faith. Remember, the only way we're going to turn things around in this country is to increase the number of people who live and operate from a biblical worldview. And the very best way of achieving that is to give our children a Christian education, either a Christian school or in your home. So it's a privilege to continue to do what we're doing here at Clearly Christian. So thank you again for joining us today. And until next time, this is Dr. Sai Smith with Clearly Christian. Thank you for listening to the Clearly Christian podcast with Dr. Sai Smith. Hear more episodes at clearlychristianeducation.com. If you'd like more information about Christian education in your neighborhood, or if you're interested in education opportunities at Mansfield Christian School, or if you agree with Dr. Smith and want to help him in his mission to influence and awaken Christian America, you can send Dr. Smith an email through the clearlychristianeducation.com website. Message him on the Clearly Christian LinkedIn or Facebook page, or call the Clearly Christian Connect line at 419-756-5651. This has been the Clearly Christian Podcast with Dr. Cy Smith on clearlychristianeducation.com. Brought to you in conjunction with Mansfield Christian School. A Brian Media Production.